you know, Morgan and I actually worked together at two different firms before we formed this company. Um, the first of which was kind of a research facility for atomic microscopes and uh, electron microscopy. And then we worked, like he said, at the locomotive firm designing locomotives. But when I was in school, I used to get mistaken all the time for a business student uh, in engineering school. I, uh, I would go into my advisors if there was a switch, uh, both in my undergrad and grad school, and they would spend the first five minutes trying to understand why I was in the engineering program and why I wasn't in the business program. And I started realizing that maybe uh, I kind of had a knack for some some of the, the things I wasn't necessarily doing in school. So I got kind of inspired that, hey, I think I want to eventually one day uh, be an entrepreneur. Welcome to the Fly Fishing 97 podcast, a look behind the scenes of the fly fishing world, featuring insight from guides, gear reps, and resort managers, thoughts on entomology, fly patterns, destinations, and plenty of fish stories. An exploration of this lifelong journey we call fly fishing. Here's your host, Mark Hopley, with this edition of the Fly Fishing 97 podcast. Welcome to this edition of the Fly Fishing 97 podcast. Today on the program, really happy to have on the guys from Trestle. We've got John Smiggy and Morgan Missick of Trestle. Uh, thanks for coming on today, guys. Appreciate it. Thanks for having us. Uh, we're really excited to be on. Yeah, thank you. All right. Well, John, maybe we can start with you. I Just maybe tell our listeners a little bit about Trestle and, and how things all got going for you guys. Yeah, so Trestle is a, a product that's all about gear, uh, allowing you to bring equipment with you on all of your adventures specifically for, um, you know, activities in fly fishing and mountain biking and how those two sports really kind of come together and how, I, you know, myself, I use a, a mountain bike to get to backcountry and do fishing in areas I otherwise couldn't. And uh, we're, we're really kind of about those uh, multi-sport athletes. Makes sense. Morgan, what about yourself? What's your background? Uh, so I, you know, grew up on the East Coast, uh, riding and racing mountain bikes. Um, you know, I learned how to ski at a young age. My wife taught me how to surf. When John and I started working together, we realized, you know, oh, hey, like we both love all these outdoor things. And there's a lot of overlap um, between all these different sports. You know, these, you know, there's people who fly fish and they also snowboard. They also surf, they also ski, you know, all these things kind of go together. So the more we can help people combine all that on their adventures that's that's our goal it's funny morgan it's amazing how often that comes up as a kind of a theme on our show like fly fishing surfing biking skiing snowboarding you're right they they all kind of go together i mean it's all outdoors and about being comfortable out there isn't it absolutely yeah and having a good time tell the listeners exactly what your company sells as far as products so as far as the brand name goes uh that actually comes from the last job we had uh, we were both mechanical engineers, uh, we're product designers, and we were working for a company that makes locomotives. And they just shut down abruptly uh, one day when we came into work. You know, everyone came in and there were no jobs. That's where the name Trestle kind of comes from. Uh, it relates back to trains, a little bit of our history. And Trestles do things like bridge, treacherous terrain. And there are also ways that people use to access great terrain and great pieces of land that you otherwise wouldn't be able to get to. They often go over rivers. So in a lot of ways, it ties together where we're coming from and where we're going uh, with the company. So was it a big leap of faith for you guys to embark on this journey? 
I, I would say so. Yeah, we, we jumped in uh, feet first uh, without looking and uh, haven't looked back since. What was the first product you guys came out with? Curious. So the very first product we had was actually our real koozie. And it's a fun little uh, product that allows you to protect your reel. And then when you're actually fishing, it'll holster a beer on your belt for you. Uh, that was the first thing we came out with. And from there, we moved into, you know, shirts and hats to kind of get our name out there and started telling people about our major product idea that we're coming out with um, early this year. And that is the CRC system, which is a car top fly rod carrier. I had a chance to check that out a little bit on your online website. Now, first off, maybe you could tell the listeners about what is your handle on your website exactly. So our website is uh, trestle.com, and that's T-R-X-S-T-L-E.com. Got it. And, you know, if you log on there, you'll see all of our soft goods and apparel and accessories, and you'll also be able to see uh, our CRC and all the details on that as well. Cool. So I, I like the idea of that beer beer koozie or real koozie as you call it. I mean, there's not. I got a few uh, kind of neoprene uh, casings for reels, but there's not many you can fit a beer in. <laughs> yeah, uh, you know, it was kind of funny. A while back, uh, I started getting cheap kind of foam koozies thrown into various you know products I purchased from companies we liked, and uh, I just started accumulating all sorts of these cheap foam uh, beer koozies. And I found myself putting all my uh, reels that didn't have reel pouches inside of them all the time because I didn't really know what to do with them. I can, only, I mean, I can only drink two beers at a time unless I really try. I kind of started thinking, well, maybe there's something to that. So we, we came out with this little, it's made actually in uh, Colorado. It's all made in the U.S. And we, uh, we figured, well, let's just make something where you can put it on your belt and hold the beer. And then, you know, when you're, when you're not doing that, it's got a little hole that's popped in it. So you're uh, the handle from your reel. Uh, pops right through it and uh, just collapses over, just like a kind of a standard reel pouch. Yeah, no, I checked it out. It looks, it looks really interesting. You got some pretty interesting other products too. We'll get to shortly. I just want to kind of start, if you guys don't mind, kind of at the beginning for you guys, because I'm really curious, John. Maybe I'll ask this to you. How did you get into fly fishing to begin with? Uh, yeah, so I've been fly fishing since I was about maybe four. Uh, I guess that's kind of a a funny age to start, I think, for most people, but I actually didn't know that. I, I visited my father. I'm from uh, Helena, Montana, originally, and I was visiting him, and I found these pictures of me with a fly rod at this local pond in town um, when I was about two years old fighting fish, and uh, so I suppose it started there, but it didn't really take hold for me probably till uh, a little bit before high school, middle school, kind of freshman year, and then I got out of it, got really focused on skating and punk rock music and all sorts of fun stuff and uh really kind of got back into it during college cool what, what about yourself morgan how, how did you how did you kind of get into fly fishing uh john kind of dragged me into it and kind of a funny story uh, when we started working together uh he was like hey you want to go fly fishing and i was like oh sure you know and the only thing i knew about fly fishing at that point was basically the movie a river runs through it and uh you know, so my my idea of fly fishing was kind of antiquated, and John John takes me out of this five mile hike, and we go into this huge slot canyon, and uh, we we caught fish that day, and it was a lot of fun and exciting. But we we got to the end, and I, I looked at John, and I kind of said, "Hey, uh, was this fly fishing, or was you know half of this like rock climbing? Is is, <laughs> is more uh, more of a canyoneering adventure than than fly fishing?" But uh, ever since then, it's it's been a ton of fun. For me to learn something new and get good at it and 
you know, see places outside that I otherwise wouldn't get to see. That's cool. And you know what? The, some of the best fishing, the harder it is to get to, usually the better the fishing, right? Yes, that's my old theory anyway. I, I don't always get to prove it, but that's what I think anyway. <laughs> it's, we're always searching for the holy grail. You know what I mean? I know. It's, it's like uh, I, I kind of get to a point where I get a little upset on some of my favorite spots if I see footprints, which is ridiculous, but it's, it's reality. Oh, I get it. I get it. I'm always looking around the corner. What's around the corner? <laughs> maybe, maybe it's better over the hill. So uh, something I'm curious about too, guys, I know obviously you were working together before you came together to form uh, Trestle, the company. Who would you say would be your biggest influences business-wise? Well, I guess you want to start off, Morgan? Sure, yeah. Uh, I had the good luck of working for a company uh, right out of school in Boston called uh, Boston Engineering, and they're an engineering services firm. So all they do is contract design work for other people. So it's a huge breadth of, you know, different topics to learn and things to work on. It was never the same thing month to month. And that kind of inspired me to want to, you know, own my own company and help people do the same thing and ultimately develop my own product. That makes sense. I think, I think for myself, um, probably the biggest inspiration for me was some of my college professors. Actually, I, I, uh, yeah, Morgan and I actually worked together at two different firms before we formed this company. Um, the first of which was kind of a research facility for atomic microscopes and uh, electron microscopy. And then we worked, like he said, at the locomotive firm designing locomotives. But when I was in school, I used to get mistaken all the time for a business student uh, in engineering school. I, uh, I would go into my advisors if there was a switch, uh, both in my undergrad and grad school, and they would spend the first five minutes trying to understand why I was in the engineering program and why I wasn't in the business program. And I started realizing that maybe uh, I kind of had a knack for some, some of the the things I wasn't necessarily doing in school. So I got kind of inspired that, Hey, I think I want to eventually one day uh, be an entrepreneur. That's cool. And then let's face it. That's why we go to those places to figure out what we want to do. Sometimes it happens while you're there, right? Yeah, I think it did. It did for me. I enjoyed engineering school and I enjoy you know, product design, but I, uh, I really enjoy having a business and being my own boss. Something I really noticed with all the products that Dressel has on your website, they're very creative and, uh, they're not run of the mill products. You see, like I was, the one thing that really caught my eye was your, your system that you guys have for, uh, holding rods on top of the vehicle. Maybe you want to talk about that a little bit. Yeah, I'd, I'd love to. Um, yeah, it's called the CRC system. Uh, it stands for convertible rod carry. Um, I guess, simply put, it's a telescoping uh, dual rod holder. Uh, it allows you to, because of the shoulder strap, you can carry it with you. You know, fits in the trunk of the vehicle easily or your closet or on a plane. Um, and then when you get to your destination, it, it telescopes out, holds two 10-foot fly rods and up to a 4-inch arbor on your reels and uh we, we really focused hard on that portability aspect, and then we also focused really hard on the protection for your equipment. So we developed a, what I like to call a suspension rod lining system. So we've got a soft wall liner that uh, holds both of your rods inside the aluminum. And so when you stretch the, the product out, they stretch with it. So what ends up happening is you go out to your 10-foot maximum length, and you've basically got this 
uh, soft rubber liner that's going down the center that your fly rod goes in, and it really holds it well and suspends it inside those tubes. So when you're on bumpy roads or, or whatever you might be driving over, it's not banging around and, you know, slamming into the hard aluminum. And then uh, similarly, we focused on some real padding. Um, you know, I spent more money than I should on some of my fly reels, uh, so my wife tells me. And um, so, you know, I really tried to create some good padding. So the whole inside surface of the plastic where the reels go have uh, any place where the reel could contact that hard plastic has a, a liner in there. Like a, It's a rubber pad um, that allows you to do that. So uh, that's, that's the gist of it. We also incorporated um, quick clamps, which is a big uh, a big deal for us is actually one of the hardest parts to develop it. We did a lot of iterations of that design. Um, we really wanted something that locked uh, with the same key that you could access the rest of the device, but we also wanted um, something that was quick, you know, so you could put it on and off, take it on and off your car and not be out there for an hour, you know, in bad conditions or something, just something that just slid in, you clamp it down, lock it. And I think, uh, I think we definitely hit that mark and I'm pretty proud of them. So can I ask you guys from a product development point of view, is that what you do? Just sit down and think, hey, what do we need? Or, or how does that look? Yeah, that, that's exactly it. It's, you know, what, what do we need? Or, you know, what's the, the void in the market? And, you know, John and I sat down and talked about, you know, what, what do people do when they go fly fishing on trips where they would want this device? Well, some, some people are going to get on a plane. And they're going to go somewhere new. They're going to have a rental vehicle, and the CRC lets you bring the entire system. You know, it weighs less than 15 pounds, and you can set it up and have it on top of a car in, you know, less than 10 minutes, and rig up your rods and reels and be on the road. Um, you know, the other thing we wanted is something for the guy who doesn't necessarily have a garage or a safe place to park his car. You know, maybe he lives in the city, he's got a small apartment, he doesn't want to leave you know, $1,000 worth of gear on top of his car, you know, locks only keep honest people honest is how the saying goes. That, that, that guy can, you know, pop the system off and collapse it down and bring it inside his apartment and store it in a closet, no, no problem. And the next weekend when he wants to go out fishing again, he can set it back up. It doesn't take a lot of time and he's ready to hit the road. Yeah, well, just, just looking at that, that case system, the, the rod carry system, I can tell you guys put a lot of time and effort into designing that. And I'm just curious, I'm curious about those processes because I think a, a lot of other people would be too. Yeah, we actually, uh, I'm glad to hear you say that. We, I was hoping people thought that. It's kind of uh, something we try to do on, on social media is give a lot of, um, you know, background behind the scenes footage. And we even do videos of the actual CAD design you know, 3D modeling that we put into it. But we actually launched a, a timeline on the website. I mean, you may have seen it, uh, but it's on the product page for the CRC. And we kind of allow people to see from, from step one. And we weren't trying to be uh, cliche or, or uh, dramatic. It really did start in a renovated garage at Morgan's house when we started the company. Uh, <laughs> and uh, that, that first design, which just hold, it held a single rod, it was pretty ugly. It was, you know, uh, cylindrical and um, it didn't, do, you know, half the things that it really does in production, but that started, God, I think that was 2017, 2015. I think that that design started is what we have on there. Or 2016. Yeah. yeah 2016. Yeah. yeah I'm, I'm thinking about the, the prototype. Yeah. Yeah. We still have, it still works. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's a collector's item. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's out and it's still working. I, I'm surprised every, it's almost all, all the plastics 3d printed and the aluminum was just really kind of ugly square, 
off the shelf type stuff that we could do quickly and affordably just to prove the concept. That's actually the, we brought it to a trade show and kind of demoed it here in Washington state. And we also uh, used that to demo it when we went and we have kind of a local shark tank program here in uh, Thurston County. And that's what we pitched our company to after we had a year and a half under our belt to, to really, you know, launch to the next level. And that's what we used to demo the product. We're chatting today with the guys from Trestle. We got John and Morgan on the line out of Olympia, Washington. Um, guys, do either you t- guys tie flies at all or uh, just get off topic a bit? Yeah, uh, I tie a little bit. I, I like to say that I tie flies that I can tie in about 12 minutes. And if it takes me longer, I, I buy them. <laughs> <laughs> That's, I could totally relate to that because after 12 minutes, it's like, what am I doing here? Yeah, I, I stick to streamers, pretty basic ones. Uh, I, I definitely have gotten into, I'll do some, you know, rubber leg bugs and stone flies and things, yeah. but I'm not the the mid or Karana mid guy uh, by any means. You guys do any steelhead fishing in your neck of the woods? I do. I don't right now because it's just been raining constantly for three weeks, but absolutely. Yeah, it's my favorite fish yeah. to target over here, in fact. Um, any crazy fish stories you uh, can dial us in on? I always like to uh, ask our guests that question. Like, has anything uh, kind of weird or wonderful happened to you while uh, out on the water? Absolutely. Um, yeah, actually, this year, well, I guess last year now, um, we, I was taking a, a friend of mine that's an ambassador for our company in Portland. Her name's uh, Janelle. Um, we've been, she's really new to the sport. In fact, we just did this this film with a few other brands and a lot of the film is kind of about teaching people and bringing, you know, both just not just female anglers, but also just people that are new and kind of showing them the ropes. But um, anyway, I, I, we went fishing together and uh, there's a spot that uh, is really great here on the, on the West coast. Uh, I took her out to it and uh, she hooked into a rainbow, but I actually hooked a, um, a special river and I hooked a bull trout. Well, I was trying to take her, uh, I had a little uh, pheasant tail rigged up for her under an indicator and I, she got snagged up and I was trying to get it off the bottom floor and I crossed the river and did the whole song and dance, you know, of a million different directions of pulling. And I'm sure you're familiar uh, with that method, but I finally got it off and I waded back across and uh, ended up hooking this bull trout and um, fighting it on her five weight, which I was very underpowered on. And uh, ended up, breaking my line and I was just so disappointed. I never got to see it. Never got, you know, I was just really bummed. Um, one of my favorite fish is a char like that. And I've, I've never caught a decent one before. And anyway, I, I would have given up like most fly guys, um, because you know, it just broke me off and I'm not going to hook it again. And, uh, she's just so optimistic and so fun to fish with and positive and new. She, she's like, just grab your, I had a, uh, another rod that had a streamer on it and everything. And, uh, you know, she's going, just cast back out there. You know, it's fine. And uh, I thought, with Janelle, it's not not going to happen for me, you know. And uh, she goes, I'll just do it, you know. So anyway, I, I cast out, and two casts later, I hooked the bull trout, was able to be, you know, bring it in and be really careful. I was trying to keep it under the water. And, and as I'm doing that, and I just wanted to get a, a, you know, a shot of it, so she's taking a photo, and those flies that she had are still in its mouth. So I was able to take the hooks out give it to her and then let it go. And I, I realized after I did it, that that's something that's just never going to ever happen to me again, ever. That's crazy. So same fish. Pretty amazing. Wow. Yeah. It shows you the tenacity of those fish. 
Yeah, it's unbelievable. If they want to eat, they're just going to eat. <laughs> it's just unreal. I, and I'll probably not catch another one for years, you know. That's, that's a great story. If you guys could change anything about the sport of fly fishing now, I mean, I think once you're in it from a company point of view, you probably have a different perspective. But um just curious if, if you'd like to see anything change in our pastime. You know, if I can still, I'll jump in real quick. We, I, I keep plugging this movie. It's not on, on purpose to plug something. But we did just, we just finished filming a, a film that's coming out to the Montana Fly Fishing Festival this year. And uh, it's a kind of a grassroots festival. I'm not sure if you're familiar with it, Mark, but uh, I've heard of it. But uh, uh, t- tell us about it and 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 the movie. Yeah, so it's a it's a great festival. It's really focused primarily on trout. Just you know, films as far from a budget standpoint that are more grassroots, a little smaller. And uh, the guys that run it are, are a great group of guys out of Montana. And uh, it's going to I believe nine nine states, and it's got about 25 stops on the tour this year, all through the West. But uh, our film is called Bridging the Gap, and uh, it really is all about things in the industry, and specifically we're talking about um, some of the gaps that we think we'd like to help kind of cross, you know, from the kind of old boys club to, uh, you know, women in fishing, which is becoming more prevalent, which is outstanding. But still, uh, I was just amazed some of the stories when we were interviewing uh, the younger people and the females that were on the trip, some of the stories they had, horror stories of guys chasing them off the water. And, uh, you know, I, I would like to see a little more welcoming. There seems to be kind of a, you're not worthy to be on this stream with me attitude that I, uh, mm-hmm. I'm definitely tired of. So I'd like to see that change. Yeah. I think, well, companies like yourselves and, and just the younger generation coming up, I think, I think that's definitely changing. Yeah, I would agree. And I think that's great. And of course there's, you know, negative, I understand, you know, social media and some of the grab and grin, you know, uh, conservation issues. And and I think that I truly believe there's more good than bad that can come out of social media if it's used responsibly. And I'd like to be a company that advocates for that. Now might be a good time to talk about your social media handle. Someone's looking for you on Instagram or Facebook. Yeah. So uh, both, it's just our company name, TRX. S T L E uh, Trestle, uh, that's our handle on on Instagram and and then Facebook. Those are our two major uh, platforms, and we also have a Pinterest page that we're fairly active on. I gotta uh, admit, I, I chatted with uh, Joe Davies oh quite a few months back now, and he said, "Mark, you gotta talk to these guys over at Trestle too. They're dialed in and and kind of you know uh, doing some cutting edge stuff." So I'm really glad that he uh, put that idea in my head and. Appreciate you guys taking the time. It's nice to finally talk to you in person. Yeah, likewise. Uh, Joe's an outstanding guy. He, uh, we, we listened to that podcast with you. I was, I was pretty excited to hear him name drop us at the very end there. I was uh, <laughs> put a big grin on my face on an otherwise somewhat difficult day I was having, so it was outstanding. When, when doesn't Joe put us on? Yeah, that's a great point. Yeah. He's a pretty passionate guy. Yeah, he's great. Uh, he's been the stoke level on that guy for our brand and other brands and just life in general is extremely contagious and it's just extremely, it's almost intimidating at times. <laughs> <laughs> well, and it's hard to, it's hard to maintain that. Cause I got to admit, I've had that at certain points in my life, but it's, you know, it kind of wanes and it comes back and it wanes and it comes back, but some guys just, just, just have it all the time. And it's great to see. Yeah. He's great. He actually connected us with um, quite a few people and, and companies, but Mondo fly fishing, which I believe you talked to Taylor previously. I did. Um, yeah, they, he connected us. That was our partner on the film trip, along with you know a few other brands like Corkers and but the 
but Mondo and us really kind of spearheaded it. Mondo put us up in their neck of the woods in Idaho and joined forces with us. And it's been an absolutely outstanding relationship to start. And uh, those guys are, are great. Morgan, I got a question for you, being that you kind of your background in uh, in mountain biking and outdoor sports. How does it compare to the fly fishing scene and, you know, starting this business? Has it been, has it been a bit of a learning curve or is it kind of just, uh, just a different venue? It's actually really surprising how similar everything is. Um, you know, people look at fly fishing as sort of like this relaxing kind of, you know, off season kind of activity. And it's really not, it's, it's really exciting. And if you let it take you to new places and new rivers and new areas, you're going to basically just go on adventures all the time. And, you know, I, I liken catching a fish, like a big fun fish to catching a, you know, your first wave on a surfboard. It's the exact same feeling. And it's a ton of fun. I I think there's there's enough overlap there with understanding how to be outside and enjoy it that, uh, you know, it it translates really well. And I think anyone out there who's listening and is like, yeah, I like mountain biking stuff, but I don't really want to get another hobby. You know, it's not, it's not another hobby. It's like a, it's a, just another component to your everyday adventure. It's totally worth picking up. Yeah. Well said, John, I'm curious, um, in this day and age, trying to organically grow a business from scratch, there's a lot of tools out there maybe that weren't around 20 years ago or even 10 years ago. Maybe you could speak to, uh, kind of that process. Yeah, um, for us, you know, as I said earlier, uh, Instagram for me is, has been an incredible tool for relationships, and that's really what I view it as, is um, connections and relationships. I mean, it's, a, it's an incredible platform, and it's been extremely instrumental in, in us growing our business, um, just from getting the word out there of who we are and what we're about, uh, to meeting incredible people who have just been so... Uh, gracious and willing to to meet us uh, and get our products in, in shops that they work at or that they own. Um, I mean, without asking, I think we've had about a dozen fly shops reach out to us ready to stock product just from communicating with them on Instagram only. Um, it's It's been pretty incredible. And we didn't have a big budget. You know, we have basically a zero budget. So it's all just been, you know, I direct message people and I ask if I can post their photo or I, you know, I, I always try to, um, you know, bring value to that person that I'm talking to. And I, I'm very against uh, any kind of automation or, you know, or those types of tools. I really think that's a waste of, of, of money and, and effort. I think uh, growing slow and organically is really important uh, on social media. Your company's motto seems very inclusive, if you don't mind me saying so, because I find that with you guys are very accessible. So, I mean, when you look at a brand that's been around a uh, hundred years, everybody knows it, and it seems almost like it's out of reach. But to be able to speak with the owners and say, "Hey, here's our mantra. Here's what we're doing. We just want to be part of the picture." I think it's pretty cool. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. I, I think uh, the people we've communicated with and worked with, and our customers, uh, I can't tell you how much they appreciate it. It's, it's unreal the response you get when you kind of become a little bit vulnerable and kind of open, open up to people, you know, they, they really like that and they appreciate it. I think that's missing from a lot of bigger businesses. You know, it's not personal. Yeah, I would, I would totally agree. And, and to kind of in that same vein, uh, what I was going to bring up was one example is, you know, we're, we're in production for this CRC system, this first run of production. And, um, you know, it's a, it's a brand new product and we had 
patents to work out and, and a lot of uh, prototyping and just R&D from, from changes that needed to be made. And we've had quite a few issues with our aluminum coloring. The, the anodization of our aluminum tubes wouldn't believe how many times it was not correct on all four sections as we're waiting and waiting and waiting. And we were so scared to tell people that have, we, we did a reservation system. Uh, it was a no money down, just a sign up form that says, hey, I want one of these when they're ready. And we told people, hey, we'll charge you when we have the product inspected and ready to go. Uh, but it's been so, I was so nervous to tell anyone how far behind we were. You know, we really wanted to have this out for summer last year, you know, but I just, neither one of us were, Morgan or myself, were ready to put out a subpar product. So we just kept going, making it right, going back to the drawing board. And we finally told everyone, you know, after waiting about 30 days or so, like, ah, I think we can get it right. Let's just not, let's just not say it. And we finally said, we got to tell everybody what's going on. And I mean, overwhelming response of, hey, way to go, guys. Glad to see you're focusing on that. We don't mind waiting for the right thing. And it was just that, one after the other. And I think that's a testament to, uh, to being available to talk to people and being somewhat human. I was talking to John back in, I believe it was November, and I could tell you guys were waiting until you just had it right. And we even said, we, let's not do this conversation until this this is ready to go to market and you think it's going to go in a big way. We want You want to be ready for that, right? Yeah, absolutely. And it's been, uh, it's been a tough process. I mean, we, um, you know, we really wanted to have it out for the end of last summer. I mean, we really did. We wanted to catch the end of the trout season uh, yeah. last year. But, you know, like I said, it's just not something, you know, forcing things like that. It's just never going to turn out well. You know, I, I really want it to be the best it can be when it first hits the market. So, um, yeah, we're, we're happy we did it, but it's definitely been pretty stressful. I'm sure uh, both of our wives will be pretty happy when that hurdle is jumped over. Maybe we can, <laughs> maybe we can uh, talk about, sorry, I just like the way you said that, um, hurdle. <laughs> uh, as long as it's not like a high jump. Yeah, it feels like it might be, but let's just call it a hurdle. <laughs> um, maybe we can talk about some other products that you guys have. I mean, we've talked about the CRC system. Um, what about apparel-wise? I did, I did notice you had some pretty sharp uh, clothing accessories. Oh, well, thanks a lot. Um, a lot of our designs are from artists that we're friends with or we know, um, either in person or through social media. And we try to incorporate you know, multiple sports in each piece. You know, you'll notice on our very first shirt we put out, which is the Canyon tee, um, you've got a trestle, the logo, which kind of forms a bridge over this canyon. And if you look closely, you'll notice there's snow-capped mountain. There's a river front and center that flows out to a wave in the, in the ocean. And then there's a trail off to one side. So there's, you know, a piece of the environment for every sport that we want to represent. You know, same, same thing with our tight lines of all kinds, T-shirt. You know, there's a, someone doing each sport and they all kind of flow into one another in one single image. You know, so we try to bring all that together in, in every piece that we make. And, you know, a couple of them, uh, like our hats, they've got some Easter eggs and some clues as to what we might be doing in the future as well. <laughs> well, that was another question I was going to ask you is, I know you don't want to probably give away the farm, but uh, can we look for more products, uh, new creative products in the future? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, we don't want to be a one-trick pony. Uh, we want to you know, keep forging ahead and bringing people products that let them combine their favorite sports. Uh, I think our next target market is going to be somewhere in the, the mountain biking and bikepacking realm. 
Can is is there plans for your product to be at the uh, bricks and mortar level as well as online? Yes, absolutely. Uh, we didn't want to exclude you know fly shops and retailers from having our product in their store. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it's such a portable product. It would be a shame to you know waste that kind of ability on uh, only doing internet sales. That CRC system. I got to admit, I didn't realize it was telescopic. That's even cooler because I, I just I just thought it was the size it was. So you can, so if you're going on a plane somewhere, say you're going down to Patagonia, you could put it in your in your carry on. Yep. Yeah. Yep. It slings right over your shoulder. You know, it only weighs like 15 pounds, and you can carry your broken down rods in it in the shortened mode. Wow. Um, and it actually it actually mounts to your vehicle in all four length configurations as well. So if you've got a tiny little Mini Cooper, but you know you don't got space inside your car anymore, and you need to put your rod somewhere, and your you know rack bars are only ten inches apart, well, you just leave it in short mode, and you can mount it up there. You'd be surprised how many young guys I talk to that are fishing out of Honda Civics. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, we you know we we had a guy on our I think I, I don't know if I mentioned this we. Uh, we were, we did a Kickstarter initially with the single rod version, and uh, we got overwhelming feedback saying, "Hey guys, we love this idea. I wish it had two. You know, wish it held two. So we went back to the drawing board, and a lot of those guys that that were interested in the product and those people, they they asked us, "Hey, can this can this mount in you know three quarter length or half length? If I if I drive to work with my Subaru and I don't want to you know it cantilevered way out over over my windshield." And the answer was yes, it always was, but I we really didn't push that in our marketing or you know show pictures of that. So that was something that really was eye opening from uh, from the consumer. They, they actually informed us of that need. Well, there's never enough unique products out there. You know, there's lots of people doing a lot of the same things, but I think when you come on when when you figure out what you need, chances are someone else needs it, right? Yeah, hmm. I hope so. <laughs> <laughs> is there anything we haven't covered that you'd like to cover today? Um, you know, if people are headed to the website, you know, they should they can read more about who we are and our history there. Mm-hmm. And uh, there's a couple other gems. Uh, we've got our community roadmap, which kind of outlines how we're going to integrate our business with our fly fishing community, both locally and on the uh, national and international level, sort of our, our roadmap to the, the future. So that's worth checking out. Um, you know, obviously the CRC, definitely, uh, check that out. There's a product timeline on the product page, which is pretty interesting. It's got some details about how we designed the product and how it evolved to what it is today. Um, I think, uh, one thing I'd like to mention is, um, we do have a, a pro deal program that we'll be launching as this, you know, the plan with this product is to have it an inventory, you know, shipping the next day product is not a, a reservation that was just for us to get to production. So as soon as we launch that here in the beginning of the year, um, there'll be a pro deal available for, uh, for guides as well as people that work in fly shops or work in industry stores. There'll be an opportunity to go onto our website, create an account, and then you can receive once we verify your, your guide license or, you know, uh, maybe a, a pay stub from the, the shop you work at. We're going to offer industry discounts to those people on our products. That's a great idea. Really good. Hey, guys, I, I really want to thank you for taking the time to chat with us today. We've been chatting with John Smiggy and Morgan Missick of Trestle. Uh, now, Trestle spelled T-R-X-S-T-L-E. Check them out on Instagram, Facebook, or uh, Trestle.com. Thanks again, guys. Have a great day, and hopefully we'll see you on the water. Thanks, Mark. Thank you, Mark. Have a great day. Thank you for listening to the Fly Fishing 97 podcast. 
Your feedback matters. Let us know if there's a person or topic you'd like discussed. Email us at mark at flyfishing97.com. Until next time, tight lines and we'll see you on the water. Thank you.